0: I'm You're listening to The Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Bach Week.
1: This is super fun. <laughs> on
0: KFUO and The Coffee Hour. Uh, we have more to learn about Bach today, and mm-hmm. we get to go international, which is appropriate, right? As, Very, yeah. <laughs> and we get to talk with one of our international friends today uh, who gets to serve in international settings, and we're thankful for that. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu.
1: Live. Uncommon.
0: Joining us today, Dr. Martin Dickey, serving the Lord in Papua New Guinea and, uh, and and really all abroad too. Dr. Dickey, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today.
2: Well, thank you for inviting me.
0: So share with us uh, where and who the Lord has given you to serve these days.
2: Well, uh, currently I'm a missionary with the LCMS uh, serving uh, the Asia region. I'm not a pastor, uh, but a musician. Um, my first position was actually a Lutheran high school teacher in St. Paul, Minnesota for 15 years. And, uh, then I, I was serving churches part and directed a community choir for 10 years. Um, then I got my doctorate in acting, but, uh, <laughs> then to serve at, as a director of music at Trinity Lutheran church in Peoria for 14 years. Uh, but then in, uh, 2011, uh, uh, Church member of ours invited us to go on a short-term mission trip to the Philippines and up into the mountains of Luzon and uh, presented uh, some music and catechism workshops up there. So that kind of kindled the missionary spirit in me again. So uh, then in 2014, went back to Papua New Guinea when I was born. My, My parents served there for 20 years and my Uncle Bill for 40. There was a large LCMS mission field there for many years. And uh, so then that uh, piqued my uh, interest in foreign missions uh, even further. And in 2015, I checked with the Office of International Mission to see if they would be interested in having me go back to Papua New Guinea and serve there. And they were. So uh, ended up uh, there, uh, flew in there uh, April 2017 and served there for uh, three years. Uh mostly as uh, teaching at the Lutheran Seminary up in the highlands there in the Enga province, uh, Timothy Lutheran Seminary, teaching music, and they also asked me to teach some church history. Um, I also traveled into remote uh, areas, did some music workshops, um, and uh, that kind of thing. I had to leave my Bach uh, behind uh, <laughs> while I was in New Guinea. Um, but uh, then when the pandemic hit, Well, also we're involved then in some uh, publishing uh, and translation projects because uh, theological resources are a great need there. And so was working with Lutheran Heritage Foundation on that, uh, so then uh, when the pandemic hit, uh, then we were advised because of the healthcare system there that it would be best for us to leave PNG. So we asked for a special permission to come back to the U.S. So I brought along about six or seven uh, publishing and uh, music projects uh, with me. So that was what I was working on last year uh, while in lockdown. And uh, then uh, Pastor Ferry, Asia Regional Director. Uh, asked me to come to Taiwan to offer some music workshops there for the Chinese Evangelical Lutheran Church. So uh, I was there for three months, and I just came back. So uh, it was a very very intense uh, experience we did uh, 10 workshops all together. We had to offer them by Zoom because uh, they had an uptick in cases there. So they entered into a strict lockdown and uh, so, but, um, yeah, it was a fabulous experience and I really appreciated working with Charles Ferry and, uh, working with his children, uh, every day at four o'clock I met with the children and we did some things together and, uh, then also with Barb Rebentich. So anyway,
1: there are so many things I want to know right now, <laughs> but we have, we have limited time. Uh, so tell me about, uh, since this is Bach week, um, Tell me about your, I don't know, experience with Bach, um, how much you've, you've studied his work, performed his work.
2: Well, uh, yeah, uh, my first experience uh, in hearing Bach was actually in Papua New Guinea. Um, not that there were any performances there because uh, hmm. <laughs> there, there weren't, <laughs> none at all. Right. Uh, and even still, um, but my parents uh, had a... Record player at the time, it was just a battery powered one and a small collection of records that they had brought over. And uh, I mean, like uh, the Brandenburg Concertos, uh, even with harpsichord at that time, which is was, was unusual for uh, that time. And uh, then, um, well, Handel's Messiah and some other important works like that. And uh, I just was gravitated towards them and listened to them often and regularly and then uh, uh, our aunts and uncles in the U.S. every now and then sent some stuff over to us and so our aunt in Minneapolis sent over a record of uh, Paul Mons playing the organ and the first piece was this huge organ work and at that time it's like okay that's that's what I want to (laughs) do. So I went down to Australia for high school that was what we did at the time and I got my um uh, good good uh, instruction in piano uh, down there. And then when our family returned to the U.S. in 1974, then I actually was able to study with Paul Montz for a little bit and then some other people at Concordia College, St. Paul, and then went on to uh, get advanced degrees in choral conducting. So that's uh, kind of a, a snapshot of uh, how I got involved. But yeah, studying Bach, uh, I mean, it's just like an infinite topic and there's uh, so much music to... Uh, perform and to study uh, that. I've I've had the opportunity to uh, perform many of the keyboard works and also conduct some of the uh, cantatas and even a couple of the big uh, like uh, Saint Matthew Passion and I guess conducted the Bach at the Sim twice. So that was quite a quite a powerful experience also.
1: You've been involved in in a, I mean, there's a lot of Bach to be involved in, but you've you've been involved in quite a bit. You said your first experience was listening to Bach in PNG on record players, which sounds exotic, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> uh, was was the community around you also involved? Like the, the community members in PNG actually like come to your parents' house and listen with you?
2: Uh, no, um, they. Uh, the music in PNG was uh, quite different. Uh, they only really sang songs, and each dialect uh, only had one melody. They would sing every single song, either whether it was a bridal song or you know, a battle song, whatever, to just one melody. And then the only instrument that they used was a drum called a kundu drum. Uh, so it was uh, quite different. And, um, nowadays going back, uh, as a missionary now, uh, guitars have been introduced. Uh, they all want to play keyboards, but all they have is electronic keyboards. And so I did some, uh, teaching on keyboard, uh, how to chord uh, different things. And, uh, but you know, k- keyboard takes a lot longer to learn. Uh, so I actually had to teach, uh, I had to learn guitar a little bit to actually serve in Papua New Guinea. So fortunately, the the only songs they sing, they, they sing only in G major over there. So I only had to learn five chords. Oh,
1: my
0: goodness. <laughs> and now you can work at any Lutheran camp, too. Yeah. There you go. Right, exactly. <laughs> in G. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not really a so, G
2: because all the guitars are out of tune. So you never know what, what uh, key it's in, yeah. but it's a G chord. There's that <laughs> <laughs> well that's
0: see I find this fascinating to learn about music and in different cultures where have you seen and 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 I, I want to unpack this more so you can just give us like maybe the the short introduction now and we can unpack this more in the second half but where do you see the influence of Bach in in some of the cultures where you've served so so obviously not a lot of influence of Bach where you serve in Papua New Guinea right, right.
2: mm-hmm yeah, he's not uh, known there. Of course, uh, having Bach or, or, you know, playing and studying the music of Bach, first of all, requires uh, the instruments uh, that he used or, or what we would say were, were modern instruments, but also uh, requires um, an educational system, uh, which is, you know, lacking in Papua New Guinea. Um, and th- there is more now, but um, not really in in that way, uh, not really in any music education going that way, but, um, and, and and his music is, uh, well, he, he wrote very difficult and creative and imaginative music. Um, but he also wrote music for children. And so, yeah, I mean, his influence is just worldwide. Um, and, uh, so it's fascinating. There's, you know, Bach societies and choirs and orchestras all over the world. I mean, even in Japan, uh, there was a professor there, um, his last name is Suzuki. I forget his first name, but he started the Bach Collegium. He went and studied, well, he studied harpsichord in the Netherlands and then came back and uh, then started his own little Bach group there.
0: That's fascinating just to see the the reach, the influence of Bach on so many cultures around the world. It's in a sense how um, the, the the music of Bach has transcended culture to some degree, or I don't know, is it, is that the right word? Is it transcending culture or connecting cultures?
2: Um, well, uh, I think both, yeah, transcending cultures and connecting cultures. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's very fascinating. And it's, it's not only Bach, but also uh, Handel, uh, especially, especially mm-hmm. with the Messiah. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking about Handel last year and developing a little proposal for Charles Ferry and uh, the Taiwan Lutheran Church. And, and I th- realized that, you know, Handel never – um, espoused to, well, he grew up Lutheran, and, and he never proclaimed to be of any other faith. And I thought, you know, I bet he remained Lutheran his whole life. And sure enough, I uh, then, doing some more research on the Messiah, I discovered that uh, uh, Jeffrey Thomas, the director of the American... Uh, uh, Bach soloists in San Francisco uh, had come to the same conclusion and has a video actually out on YouTube uh, about that but that yeah uh, Handel remained a staunch Lutheran his whole life and so both of these giants uh, their music is just well Handel with the Messiah and then Bach with his cantatas and then his big works but then also his little music for children <laughs> yeah they, they just mm-hmm. formed uh, uh, the you know music for uh, the rest of, uh, from their time for hundreds of years, well, well, to the end of time, actually, and their music will be performed to the end of time. So what you've just informed me is that we now also
0: need to have a handle yeah, yeah, okay, we have to, well. Yeah, we ought to,
1: yeah.
0: Today we're talking with Dr. Martin Dickey, serving the Lord in Papua New Guinea, but really really serving abroad in a variety of places, and uh, we're celebrating Bach week here and learning about the influence of Bach in so many cultures. We have more to talk about with Dr. Dickey in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Gulseff.
0: welcome back to the coffee hour i'm indy bates
1: i'm sarah golseth
0: we are celebrating bach week the commemoration of Johann sebastian bach mm-hmm. on uh, the coffee hour and on kfuo this week and our guest today dr martin dickey serving the lord in papua new guinea and uh, you, you've had the chance to 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 teach in a variety of places, you mentioned that that you, uh, Dr. Dickey, that you had um, recently given some lectures in uh, to our friends in Taiwan. Tell us about um, getting to to serve there and present these lectures on Bach in Taiwan.
2: Oh yeah, well, I really appreciate the invitation I received from Pastor Miao of uh, the uh, the president of the Taiwan. Uh, Chinese Evangelical Lutheran Church in Taiwan and uh, Pastor Charles Ferry. And so, yeah, I developed a proposal and uh, they uh, they really liked it. Uh, was able to re- uh, get the visa and so went over there um, and I had uh, like, you know, 12 or 14 different uh, topics on the list, not expecting that they would want all of them, but they they wanted uh, 10 of them. <laughs> so it was a very, very busy uh, two months once I got out of quarantine. But um, yeah, we uh, uh, well, one of the things that I also did in Papua New Guinea, which I also did for the church in Taiwan, is like, well, let's look at the Bible and let's see what the Bible says about worship and what the Bible says about music. And so uh, those were two of the different lectures. One I call The Eternal Song, which talks about, uh, it's a summary of, of all of the music in the Bible, uh, starting from... um Right after creation, the Book of Job tells us the angels got together, and they were just so amazed with what God God done, they sang a song, and then going through all the way to the Book of Revelation, where we have the choirs singing eternally to the Lamb of God. So uh, that was one of the lectures. Uh, Another one then was, well, let's look at the Book of Psalms then, and and, uh, there was an intense look uh, into that. But uh, there's also a new Lutheran hymnal there, which one of my co-missionary, Sandra Ryan, um, helped put together. And, uh, so that was, uh, published in 2019, a couple of years ago. And so I did uh, some workshops, which were essentially some hymnal work, introductory workshops. And so, uh, Like well, okay. What are the since we're Lutherans? What is the Lutheran hymnody in this hymnal? Well, that was one of them. Uh, And Lutheran hymnody is all about preaching God's grace and love and mercy, and so we emphasize that. Uh, Then on the one on Psalms, uh, how do we go about singing the Psalms? And so we talked about chanting the Psalms and uh, different aspects of uh, of that. I uh, did also some lecture demonstration recitals. Uh, one was on Handel's Messiah, actually, um, because that is uh, probably still the only uh, musical composition that tells the entire salvation story. And it is probably the most performed of all of the compositions ever written by any composer in the whole world. And so, uh, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, and then one, uh, well, one on, uh, Lutheran composers, and that was specifically for the Lutheran church musicians. There, just a brief introduction on some of our Lutheran composers, uh, in, which would include Handel and Mendelssohn, actually. Um, and then, uh, Probably one of my favorites uh, was just a lecture demonstration recital on Anna Magdalena's Notebook. Uh, there's there's Ooh. a new a- edition out of uh, Anna Magdalena's Notebook published by uh, Peter's Edition, and uh, the editor of that was Christoph Wolf, who uh, is this, the preeminent uh, Bach scholar of our time. And um, that is where a lot of the Bach children's music comes from, that uh, children all over the world play, but they don't really know where it comes from. And so the lecture is just uh, uh, t- to tell them the whole story of uh, this notebook, um, and uh, play some of the music, and uh, tell uh, well Bach had two wives and twenty children, and so basically tell also uh, introduce. Uh, a little bit of music history into that, uh, but then also it's easy to weave some theological messages into that, like uh, uh, Bach, he w- when he sat down with a blank piece of paper, the first thing he would do after he stuck his pen into his quill into the ink pot was right J.J. at the top of the page, which is short for Jesus, help. And then at the very Mm -hmm. end, after he finished, SDG, Soli Deo Gloria, which is a perfect opportunity for us to preach about uh, vocation and Luther's doctrine of vocation, dedicating all of our work to God, praying for help at the beginning of any task. And then, uh, you know, at the end, thanking God for it and asking God to do whatever he can with it. Uh, so, you know, that uh, was one of the messages. Uh, but then also there's lots of songs in there about uh, that we don't need to fear death. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. Bist Du by Mir. And uh, another one that I, had, I was uh, not familiar with until I, I got this new edition, Shafi in Mir. God created me, oh God. Uh, uh, make me do, uh, actually, this, this one relates more to the doctrine of vocation, but uh, let me do your work and uh, dedicating uh, our work to God. And um, so, yeah, that was a lot of fun. In fact, I mean, if there's any churches, uh, anybody listening that would like me to come and uh, offer this lecture demonstration recital or any of these other presentations, I'd be very happy to do it. Just uh, jot, jot me a note at uh, martin D I C K E at lcms.org. And uh, yeah, I'd love to explore the opportunity of coming to your church or school or uh, community.
1: Sounds so fun. Uh, <laughs> I want to learn all of these things.
0: <laughs> you have 20 more questions. I have 20 more like questions
1: like in like six minutes. Six <laughs> minutes. Uh, <laughs> oh, When you, when you do these lectures, when you teach, people about church music and about our our hugely rich musical heritage in in the Lutheran church what are some of the things that that you actually learn um about this music as you're teaching and, and you see this and you have this feedback from the people that are receiving all of this wonderful information are there things that, that you actually learn about uh, music and about this music history and things uh that you maybe didn't realize before
2: well um I'm uh, still in a continual uh, process to understand the biblical song, and then help people understand it. Uh, and so, uh, then in encountering the music uh, is is a way of finding a new song that stems from these biblical songs, and then proclaims a message that. God proclaimed in his biblical song. So uh, right now, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of study on uh, the whole concept of aesthetics and theology. I'm going to be uh, doing a lecture for upcoming presentation at Concordia Seminary, where there's a conference in September on uh, this issue. And it's really interesting to study the uh, theological uh, literature, because uh, the uh, now the Reformed uh, theologians are coming out uh, in support of uh, music and coming to our position Of music, whereas you know John Calvin and Swingley must be turning over in their graves because you know they had like no, no, and uh, but Luther was like, no, we this is a gift of God. Uh, It's part of the created order, and so we need to use it for God's glory and to God's end, which is exactly what. uh, Then that's why there was this huge flowering of uh, Lutheran musicians, and still is today. I mean, there's you know thousands, tens of thousands, millions. You know, of us all over the world. And uh, so that's one of the fascinating things. But there's really still not enough for all of the churches. And so I'm um, working with uh, the organization David's Harp to develop materials to, uh, you know, help teach a new generation of church musicians uh, about um, – this uh, music and this incredible song that God gave us, the song of his love and mercy and grace, which is what this is what I call the eternal song, because we're going to be singing it forever. So, um, yeah, so just it, it, to encounter uh, new pieces that that proclaim this is, is always fun, and then to be able to share them with people. And their reception of it is, it really, is, well, in Taiwan, uh, the reception and the thank you notes were amazing. Um, After two weeks uh, after I got out of quarantine, uh, then they entered into a very strict lockdown because there was a big uptick in cases. And it was actually the first lockdown I experienced for the whole pandemic. So I ended up having to do all these presentations on Zoom. And so... Uh, one advantage to that is I didn't have to travel over, all over the country uh, as much and was able to spend more time in preparing uh, the presentations. The other advantage is that now they're recorded and anybody can watch them at any time. Um, but the people were very, very thankful um, that um, they, were, they had something to do and something to encourage them uh, during these times. And so that, that was uh, uh, very fulfilling
0: We have just a, about two minutes left. <laughs> Reflecting on all that you've learned about Bach and some of the places you've gotten to serve in Papua New Guinea and just with all the cultures that you've learned about, how have you, from your perspective, seen the Lord use the work of Bach for his purposes in the church around the world?
2: Well, um, yeah, the, historically, the music of Bach is so important in music history that it stands as a testament uh, to the talent and creativity uh, that God gave to him. A lot of the people that perform it, though, however, um, you know, don't believe in God. and um, But the music is so great and its beauty is so great that they like Bach um, and But then Bach, of course, much of his music is is sacred and proclaims, the Lutheran faith proclaims our understanding of the Bible and and emphasizes God's love, mercy, and grace. And so when people who perform this music then go in and study the texts, um, they're learning about this, whether you know, they accept it or not, or whether the Holy Spirit then moves in their heart to accept it is, is, is my prayer. Um, but, you know, even in secular universities, when you study music history, I mean, Bach cantatas are so important that there's a page in all of these textbooks on the Lutheran church here. And <laughs> they have to study the Lutheran church, e- even at these universities that, you know, are <laughs> would outright reject the Christian faith. Um, You know, in music history class, uh, they still are being exposed to it. So, um, yeah, so God is using Bach as a a handle as, you know, a testament then to the faith. Um, So it's very, very fascinating, very interesting.
0: Serving as a witness, even after he's gone on to glory, uh, his, his legacy serving as a witness. Oh man, so much to learn during Bach Week. Our guest today, Dr. Martin Dickey, serving the Lord in Papua New Guinea. Thanks so much, Dr. Dickey, for th- for being our guest on the coffee. Thank hour. you
2: very much, God bless you. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth. La, 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 la.